This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Stitch Fix and by Mac Weldon. Remember John McAfee? How can I forget? He's a true renaissance man. Anti-virus pioneer, yogi, Belizean warlord, arguably, a hard drugs enthusiast, fugitive murder suspect, accused rapist, cryptocurrency evangelist, presidential candidate, tax evasion fugitive, and potentially next, federal prisoner. You forgot scat enthusiast. Oh, yeah. Scat hammock enthusiast. He's the scat man! Yeah, so it's been a while since we really went in-depth with McAfee, so if you want more of a primer on this truly one-of-a-kind weirdo, uh, go watch this 2018 episode of Weekly Weird News titled Meet Your Next President, John McAfee. Uh, we were wrong about that one, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good source yeah. for getting your background on McAfee, and we'll, we'll wait. Oh, that's enough time. Now you're okay. all caught up. Uh, the last we really heard of John McAfee before this latest news was that he literally didn't file his taxes for several years and therefore hadn't paid taxes on tens of millions of dollars worth of income and was evading the authorities for several months by traveling around the world on a yacht before he was eventually arrested in Spain last October, where he's been in custody for the last few months, awaiting extradition to the United States. Now... It's kind of ridiculous that John McAfee didn't secure the Libertarian Party's 2020 presidential nomination since living like a sovereign citizen on the high seas to avoid paying millions in taxes. It is the most libertarian thing ever. Yeah, I think they should let him have it. Uh, And it's especially unfortunate because uh, when this is all sorted out, he might be ineligible to run again due to being a convicted felon. Yeah. So anyways, on top of that tax evasion stuff, which seems like a pretty open and shut case. They don't miss. Uh, John McAfee has now also been indicted on even more charges, this time related to his work in the field of cryptocurrencies, which is it's always just such a everyone working in crypto is on straight and narrow. Like it's such a clean cut business. I am shocked that John McAfee's work in cryptocurrency might not have been on the level. Mm. And uh, so actually the charges are interconnected. The U.S. government says that around $13 million of the income that McAfee owes taxes for was also illegally obtained by committing fraud, promoting multiple ICOs or initial coin offerings of otherwise obscure new cryptocurrencies. This this is, it's so blatant too, because I- happens all the fucking time. I literally remember seeing him talking about it, like, got to be part of this thing and we're going to tell you what the next big coin is. And it's like, then you would see it secondhand on like subreddits of like, McAfee's pumping this thing today. Yeah, or if you're an idiot, it's like, oh, John McAfee believes in this coin. I should get on this train. No, oh, geez, it, where'd my money go? Literally, all you had to do is look up every single time, and then you would see a gigantic spike with an immediate cliff. Yep, yep. Yeah, basically what John McAfee is accused of doing is the classic pump and dump. Heavily invest in a fledgling cryptocurrency, loudly promote it on Twitter without disclosing your stake, cash out once the price goes up, and leave everyone else holding the bag. The very small bag. Rinse and repeat. Well, the bag that was big then got small. Yeah, the tiny bag. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a few extra steps in there that make it especially illegal, and we'll explain in a second, but that's the gist. Yeah, and this isn't exactly news since the Securities and Exchanges Commission filed a lawsuit against McAfee about it back in October when he was first arrested. And also, uh, while it was happening, uh, a lot of people said, hey, it seems like this McAfee guy is pumping and dumping altcoin ICOs. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, was it wasn't blatant. hidden. Yeah. <laughs> this was in everyone's face. He yeah. was trying to make money off of this, so he wasn't being coy about it at all. Uh, but now it's also a criminal complaint brought by the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Southern District of New York. Uh, anyways, McAfee's alleged crimes fall into two categories of grifting. The pump and dump. And also just straight up getting paid to promote new shitcoins and not disclosing that to his followers. 
Both of these methods were done under the guise of a coin of the day or coin of the week that McAfee presented to his followers as if he was just an outside observer. Oh, hey, guys, check this out. Have you heard about this? Hey, guys, I found this new website that lets you trade your, uh, your Counter-Strike skins on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> from Ars Technica. Prosecutors say McAfee engaged in two types of illegal schemes. In one, he would buy an obscure cryptocurrency, talk it up on Twitter, and then unload it at a higher price. In other cases, he would agree to hype up a new cryptocurrency sale on Twitter in exchange for a cut of the proceeds. Buying and promoting cryptocurrencies isn't necessarily illegal on its own. The problem, prosecutors say, is that McAfee tried to boost the effectiveness of his endorsements by falsely claiming that he had no financial stake in his recommendation. The government says that made his actions a violation of federal fraud statutes. For example, prosecutors say that around December 20th, 2017, McAfee bought more than $100,000 of the obscure cryptocurrency Electronium <laughs> ETN. The next day, he tweeted that he'd gotten more than one DM telling him that Electronium was the holy grail of cryptocurrency. When someone asked McAfee if he was invested in ETN himself, McAfee denied it. Quote, I own no ETN, he tweeted, according to the indictment. I am not pumping for my gain. I am showing you the incredible value of supporting a coin that will change the world. <laughs> Narrator, he was pumping for his own game. Yeah, why, if it's so great, why aren't you invested in it? Mm -hmm. Prosecutors say McAfee actually was pumping for his gain. The price of ETN jumped by 40% in the hours after McAfee tweeted about it. McAfee liquidated his shares, netting a nice profit. Since then, ETN's value has fallen by almost 90%. <laughs> Look, it was so the, blatant. Yeah, but it was a successful grift. It worked while it worked. Yeah. Now, also from that article, in another case, also in December 2017, the creator of a new cryptocurrency called Sether promised to pay McAfee 30% of the proceeds from the Sether ICO. McAfee was also supposed to get a, quote, substantial percentage of the newly created Sether tokens. In exchange, McAfee agreed to tweet that the coin was, quote, the first token to open the door to a new paradigm of social marketing, <laughs> among other things. On Twitter, someone asked him if he got paid to promote tokens like Seether. I do not, he responded. I merely sift through the mass of tokens to find the gems and share them. Though he did claim that he had been advising them on cybersecurity. The same day, McAfee wrote privately to Seether's founder, for the next few weeks, take my name off your site, he suggested. <laughs> I want to be able to leverage my Twitter with people assuming I have no relationship with you. Removing my name now will add at least a million dollars to your sale. The next month, as he was touting an initial coin offering for a token called Podone, Pod One, <laughs> whatever, McAfee became indignant at accusations that he was being paid to promote cryptocurrencies. Quote, why does everyone assume I fucking get paid for everything I tell people to check out? Can I fucking point out items of interest? Why the fuck do I need money? Google me. And it's fucking rude to ask people what they make. How much do you make it your worth? Uh, I think the, the, the point with all of this is that if he had just told people that he was investing in it, it probably would have been more beneficial for uh, yeah, he could have He could have done this all by the book and made a lot of money, just maybe not as much money as he ended up making. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm investing in it. And if you get in when I get in, we're all going to make money. Just don't stick around long enough for the rubes. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of people do that all the time with cryptocurrencies. Yeah. And it's totally legal, even though you are still possibly a sucker yeah. by uh, joining in the pump and dump. But uh, yeah, just a few weeks before that tweet about how, uh, what are you accusing me of, you assholes? I'm, <laughs> uh, ju just I've few, done nothing. Yeah, a few weeks before that lie, the SEC had explicitly warned celebrities that they would be breaking the law if they promoted cryptocurrency offerings without disclosing that they have a financial stake in it. Mm -hmm. So no excuses here. Yeah. Sounds like they've got John McAfee dead to rights on this and then, you know, 
the tax evasion stuff, which the IRS, they don't miss. So he's facing decades in prison if convicted of all this. And he is 75 years old and notorious for his years of drug and alcohol use. So if he does end up in prison, that would probably be the end of the line for him. But I don't know. Who the hell knows? Uh, it could be years before this even ends up in a courtroom. If and when it does, though, it should make for some very interesting testimony. Yeah. Uh, there's already been a couple documentaries about this guy uh, up to, like, his years in Belize and his fugitive. From that. Like, it's been a whole other chapter over the last, like, five, six years. So, yeah, definitely going to be paying attention to this. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of crypto... Uh, we were recently guests on the Funhouse podcast to talk about NFTs, which are currently taking the art world by storm and are either the future of art collecting or a short-lived, environmentally unconscion <laughs> unconscionable bubble <laughs> that's about to explode, uh, depending on your personal stance. Uh, now, def definitely go check out that conversation if you haven't. We'll leave a link in the description below. But uh, while we're on the topic, um, let's see how the world of NFTs is doing since we covered it in a video just last week. Looks like business is booming, and this exciting new profit stream for independent artists has already been commandeered by the brands. The brands are at it again. Mm -hmm. Here's Taco Bell's official page on Rarible, where they've released a handful of limited edition animated GIFs of their menu items. Uh, auctions for these items, which again, just GIFs of tacos, have sale prices between 0.2 and 11 Ethereum, or in real money, that's between 900 and 20,000 US dollars. Yeah. Seems a bit ridiculous, but um, look, you can't put a price on owning a digital image of a taco, can you now? Well, apparently, apparently you can. But can you, though? Yes, <laughs> yes, you can. And uh, yeah, $20,000 for a taco? In the grand scheme of things, that is chump change compared to what former T-Mobile CEO John Leisure just paid for a 36-second video sold by EDM artist Steve Aoki. $888,880.88. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you think that's a lot, if you think that's obscene, well, just imagine how much it'll be worth to John Leisure's grandkids as this heirloom passes from generation to generation in the, the Leisure family. Look, you shit on this a lot more than I do. There's no way that this is going to be not valuable in some... Maybe oh, it, it'll drop in price will, or whatever. It will always have value. Yeah. I'm just saying, like... A little bit weird. Also, so the price is weird because there's this like, there's this like, now famous crypto collector who goes by the name eight 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 and pl and mm. places bids on stuff like that. Yeah, so maybe it's John Ledger the whole time. Maybe wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, um, just operating under a, trying to get away with it under like the a different uh, kind of less public persona. Yeah, because yeah, there is a there's a crypto person eight 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 that goes around and just like buys NFTs all day every day. It must be one of those. Uh, Spanish language lawyers that you see on the backs of buses call ocho 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 could be that or kim.com or john ledger uh by the way i got my uh my frame in the mail oh cool so it's a it's now a physical representation of a digital item that i yeah wow isn't that something i'll send i'll send you the video you can put it in this pretty cool okay pretty cool the artist was on the dodgers what yeah he's a athlete he was he was okay. also on the Braves. Okay. And now he's an artist. He does a lot of real-world hey, physical art. Good for him. He, yeah. he got money from you, so uh, he's doing something right. Yeah. He's a very nice guy. I'm sure he is. Anyways, uh, even what uh, John Leisure paid for that video clip is absolutely nothing 
compared to the $69 million that someone just paid for a piece of art by Beeple, one of the first digital artists to jump on the NFT train. Now, obviously, this is getting a bit ridiculous. Yes. Beeple's looping CGI art is genuinely great, and it's cool to see him succeeding in such a big way. But this latest record-breaking piece is literally just a collage of all his previous works, of which there are so many that the artwork takes up just a few pixels on a standard display. Yeah, it, it looks like shit. <laughs> At first glance, it looks like a corrupted JPEG. Yeah. Someone paid $69 million for this. And look, and here's the thing. This is just a value that people are placing on something. It's it valuable because I paid $69 million. like the person who taped the banana to the wall. Yep, yep. This is a... Uh, it's all taped bananas, if you think Could about it. Could you imagine it. if Art Basel was happening this year? Uh, it, it might, because it's in Florida, but like... I mean... It's all digital. Maybe, maybe. they'll just do a virtual Art Basel. They might as well. God. Uh, oh, and speaking of pixels, uh, this 25 by 25 resolution cartoon of a guy smoking a pipe, part of the CryptoPunks collection that was among the first NFTs, it resold this week for $7.5 million. Can't do the math, but uh, someone will figure out what that is per pixel. How many dollars per pixel are we looking at It's a here? lot. Uh, on a very different end of the spectrum, musician Azalea Banks, who we've covered a lot in the past for her various antics, uh, she sold what's believed to be the first ever audio sex tape NFT for $18,000. It's called... A steal. I, it's a bargain. It's, it's Yeah. One of a kind. Yeah. It's called I Fucked Rider Rips. And here's the item description. This sale is for the full rights and sole access to the first audio sex tape to be minted on the blockchain. Recorded in February 2021 by Azalea Banks and her boyfriend, Ryder Rips, this sound-based artwork is sure to titillate for its full 24-minute, 22-second duration. Upon purchase, a WAV file will be delivered to the buyer in addition to a one-of-one one signed LP vinyl record. Full ownership, including limitless distribution and display rights, are included in this sale. Don't miss out on this historic and sexy event. And so the first question I had was, is the LP just a recording, a physical LP vinyl recording of the sex tape? Yeah, you would think. Which is, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. I mean, in its own way. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want it, but it is cool that someone put a sex tape on a vinyl record. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, the vinyl, like, anyone can record audio of themselves having sex, but actually pressing that onto a piece of vinyl and, like, having that in your record collection, check this one out. Yeah, that's, put this one that's on? a lot cooler to me. Oh, sorry, that's on 45. Let me turn it down to 33. Uh, $18,000 cooler? I don't know, but someone thought so. But they're the only person that has it. Yep. But uh, yeah, uh, a lot of celebrities and brands and people who are already rich are getting a lot so, richer off of And this, this is the thing, too. It's like, so I, not to say that I was first through the fucking door or anything, because I was well behind a lot of other people. But I got into this in like January sometime, like mm -hmm. mid-January or something yeah. like that. And then I, I bought some, sold some. Uh, g then around like three weeks later, I started seeing all the... Uh, stories about how much of an impact it had on the environment. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, God, this is bad. So, uh, you know, stepped away from it. And I feel like the the mainstream consciousness is either going to completely look the other way on the environmental aspects of this and just keep trucking forward, or everyone's about to have that same reckoning about right now because it's been about two weeks since this got mainstream Nah, everyone's popularity. like, oh, you know, Ethereum, they're uh, changing the proofing any day now, so, like... Joke's on you, buddy. Well, whatever. Like, I look, I hope that's true. The and, concept yeah. behind the blockchain and specifically the ownership of digital collectibles and artwork is cool. I think it's great. And I love the art. I love the art. But 
Yeah, it, it sucks to have an environmental aspect of it. I told you, yeah, I haven't said that on the show yet, but like I immediately just donated to an eco, like an offsetting emissions yeah, company. Carbon and put, offsets for my NFTs. And then I put a note that said, I'm so sorry for buying NFTs. Yeah, no, you're 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 good. I'm absolved. Yeah, you you have a clean slate. You've uh, I just have the one that I own in a box physically. Yeah, but I also have it digitally. Yeah, you can look at it whenever you want. Sure. Anyways, meanwhile, uh, this Banksy piece right here, titled "Morons," <laughs> which mo- mockingly depicts the uh, world of art auctions, uh, this was recently purchased by a blockchain company for ninety-five thousand dollars who photographed it and then set it on fire and burned it on a live stream. They mm-hmm. destroyed the artwork. The photograph of the artwork was then sold as an NFT for $380,000 worth of Ethereum, which is, that's a great flip, folks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and if you really want to hurt your brain, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey is auctioning off the first ever tweet as an NFT. Now, what does owning a tweet even mean, you ask? You go to the auction page, it's literally just embedded. Like, yeah. you click on it, it takes you to Twitter. So, uh, what does owning that mean? I don't know. I don't think anyone fucking knows, but as of when we last checked, the highest bid was $2.5 million. So that's art for you. Yep. Yep. Anyways, there's a, there's a, a lot of people, there's a, a service that you can just click. You, you literally tag them, and then you put your Ethereum wallet address. And so a lot of people are just going around to mo- the popular tweets and just owning them as NFTs, as like a squat. Yeah, there's a there's a pretty big like plagiarism, copyright yeah. infringement problem happening. Oh, there was a huge one yesterday because yeah. one of, people are just going to like DeviantArt or whatever and like taking selling things. art as if it's their own. And because of the way blockchain works, uh, there's you can't really put do it anything. back in the bottle. Like that's it. There it's was out there. Uh, on one of the prominent sites, Nifty Gateway. There was uh, someone was exposed. One of their actual like curated artists. So I think it was Twisted Vacancy was the name. I could be off on the name. Mm-hmm. But was, yeah, just stealing artwork and putting it up as their own and making potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more, off of cool. it. There's also speculation that I think is so far unfounded, but like it, it would make sense because there's already a precedent for this in the traditional art world. Uh, there's the idea that a lot of people are just straight up using this as money laundering. Um, you sell the piece to yourself as a way to launder uh, ill-gotten money uh, through legitimate means, yeah. or you sell it to a friend instead of like uh, instead of paying them for drugs or whatever, you give them a you give them an NFT. Yeah, um, I don't know. I guess we'll probably be hearing about that at some point. I look forward yeah, to this it. is bubbling over faster than even anyone could have expected. So uh, expect uh, a lot of CNBC and Bloomberg articles about this in the coming weeks about how everyone's either a genius or. Fucking stupid. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I feel a lot of deja vu to the initial like 2016, 2017 crypto boom bust period where it was just like <laughs> like Jim Cramer and just all these. Once the normies were like, should you invest in Bitcoin? I was like, this is over. This is over. It's fucked. And it definitely was. All I got to say, and I'm, and I'm happy because we've. I don't think we've ever even talked about it on the show. So uh, it's like, uh, d- yeah. but disclaimer, as <laughs> yesterday, boom, uh, IPO drops. Bought some shares of Roblox, baby. Oh. Roblox to the moon. Yeah, it's it's doing okay. Uh, if you bought it, if you were able to get in at the beginning, which I don't think most people. Oh, it's have going to crash to. now. Watch. But like its initial price was like eighteen dollars, and it's no, it was like forty dollars, I think. No, it was it was super cheap, yeah. like at the at the starting price. But I, I don't think everyone has access to the very like the pre market starting price. But it yeah, anyone who got in at the beginning made like immediately just. Massive profits. I'm I'm completely. I mean, like with anything that I've ever, when I've ever actually picked a stock, 
Mm-hmm. I have acorns. I just throw money at that whenever I have like an extra 10 bucks. I'm just like, yeah, that puts it into some fucking, yeah. probably the S&P 500 and just does its thing. Yeah, I don't know Anytime enough I pick about a stock, Roblox. I'm just like, oh, cool. Do you want me to tank a stock? Because if I just put $100 <laughs> yeah. on anything, it's just The it's kiss gone. of death. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want a stock to go down, you tell me in the chat, yeah. in the comments. Yeah. Uh, anyways, before we get into new, new, or more news, sorry. Uh, new it's news. Time, <laughs> it's time for an ad break. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Online shopping can be daunting. You never know if things will fit, returns are difficult, and you don't even know what store to start with. This season, let Stitch Fix do all the hard work. Stitch Fix offers clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique size, style, and budget. Every piece is chosen for your fit and your life, and it's the easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. Try on pieces at home before you buy, keep your favorites, and send back the rest. Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns and exchanges, and a prepaid return envelope is included in your box. There's no subscription required. Try Stitch Fix once or set up automatic deliveries. You'll pay just a $20 styling fee for each box, which gets credited towards pieces you keep. And there's no hidden fees ever. Stitch Fix has styles and clothing to fit any occasion for women, men, and kids. They ship all over the U.S. and the U.K. as well. Get started today at stitchfix.com newsday, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That is stitchfix.com Newsday for 25% off. When you keep everything in your fix, stitchfix.com slash newsday. This episode is also sponsored by Mac Weldon. If you're an outdoorsy type who hates being stuck inside all winter, it's about time to get back out there safely. Mm-hmm. Safely with the social distancing and a mask. Yeah, and a Mac Weldon. They got a good mask, too. They did. They have my favorite mask, yeah. yeah. Uh, but look, that's where Mac Weldon's new spring essentials come in. You're going to go on a hike. You're going to go on a bike. This is shit you need to look at. With body mapping technology and fabric mesh zones, Mack Weldon's Stealth boxer briefs deliver enhanced breathability and support. Perfect for everyday wear or to be layered underneath workout gear. And for sweatpants you can wear outside without feeling like you're wearing sweatpants, check out Mack Weldon's new Ace line. Now, we've both been trying to get outdoors as much as possible. Mack Weldon gear is great staying comfortable on the trail yeah. or on the bike or whatever. I wear uh, their, because it's, it's still kind of cold here, but you can go outside and ride a mountain bike. I wear their tech pants, and yeah. they're, they're great. Yeah, the they're great. They're good. Yeah. And yeah, we've, we've talked about Mack Weldon sweatpants a ton. Uh, over the past year, they've become the default pants for both of us <laughs> yeah. at home or on the go. I mean, calling them sweatpants is, is selling them short, honestly. Yeah. But uh, whether it's socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, or active shorts, Mack Weldon's men's essentials promise comfort and a consistent fit. They look great, they feel great, and they come in a wide range of customized fabrics that can keep up with you no matter what your day looks like. And with their Weldon Blue totally free loyalty program, level one, it's going to get you free shipping for life. And once you reach level two by spending $200, you get 20% off every order for the next year. Mack Weldon wants you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep them and they will refund you, no questions asked. So for 20% off your first order, go to MacWeldon.com Newsday and enter promo code Newsday. That's MacWeldon.com Newsday and use promo code Newsday for 20% off. Mack Weldon, reinventing men's basics. They're, they're the, like, there's a couple companies, but they are one where I constantly annoy uh, the brand. Like, yeah. give us, can we have like a, uh, some, some more clothes, please? Yeah. I'd like some more clothes, please. Yeah. Uh, anyway, back to the news now. Uh, security cameras are pretty commonplace nowadays, but just a decade ago or so, setting up a security camera network was a lot more expensive and was mostly reserved for businesses or mm-hmm. drug dealers, with the monitoring and storing of that surveillance footage done all on site. 
the rise of cloud-based security cameras from companies like Simply Safe and Ring, though, has made security cameras a lot more accessible to your average household. But it's also made a lot of businesses uh, switch from their old closed-circuit security systems to newer cloud-connected services like Verkata, which experienced a huge hack this week. Switzerland-based hacktivist group APT69420 was able to breach Verkata's security and gain access to over 150,000 security cameras inside schools, jails, hospitals, and major companies like Tesla, Nissan, Equinox, and Cloudflare. And they say they did it by simply finding some administrator account credentials that were online, unencrypted, and just logged right in. Uh, they also claim that they've had access to all these cameras for two entire days before going public with the information. And it sounds like they could have lurked indefinitely if they'd wanted to. Uh, Verkata has since fixed the glitch. But uh, this is obviously terrifying considering black hat hackers could have just as easily used this exploit for evil and possibly could have been doing so for God knows how long. Yeah, this is alarming. Like, I mean, the first thing is just, you know, the Chinese government, who is known for knowing their shit when it comes to hacking. It's like, I would be shocked if China wasn't already looking at all of Verkata's cameras. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wild. Like, you see, like, the, the, the floor of, like, Tesla factories. They're, like, assembling cars. Like, you can do corporate espionage with this shit. Um, it's in schools. You're looking at, like, children. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, looking at the gym. Looking at old man saggy balls. Yeah, we got him. <laughs> Look how... Sagging those guys' balls off. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's crazy. But speaking of hacks, uh, last week we talked about far right social network Gab getting hacked thanks to an extremely amateur coding mistake by its chief technology officer. And this week, Gab was hacked yet again, possibly by the same hackers behind that first hack. Uh, on Monday, Gab founder and CEO Andrew Torba's account posted the following. Dear Andrew, if you value transparency so much, why do you keep lying to your despicable users? The website has been fully compromised last week. 35 million public posts and 3 million private posts. 50,000 emails and 7,000 passwords. 831 verification documents that I did not send to DDoS Secrets or anyone else. Gab users, your leaked verification documents, which the ransom was about, are not even worth 8 bitcoins to them. They do not care about you or their 18,000 pro users. Don't worry about it. I just like mosaics. It was so easy to hack you, maybe I'm not the first. Love, Captain Jack Sparrow. P.S. I made three mosaics. Can you catch them all? And there's a big mosaic of Captain Jack Sparrow, uh, what he made out of what looked like photo- uh, photographs of the faces of thousands of Gab users. This is going to fetch millions of Christie's. Yeah. I, I saw the, yeah, the back to the people thing. I, I'm... I'm I made, like, uh, just for fun, I made a collage of a bunch of uh, Internet Today thumbnails at the end of last year. Just, like, every thumbnail from 2020. I'm like, I wonder how much I, this could fetch on the NFT marketplace. You get it? It's like a, uh, uh, I don't know what, like, the term would be. Uh, maybe you have a, in the back of your brain the term for it. But it's like you get two choices. One is to fund the channel for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. But by making that decision, it burns down the rainforest. Yeah. Like, like 50 square, square miles of rainforest. I mean, I've never seen a rainforest. But I've seen my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, Gab says they... Oh, uh, don't do it. Gab says they fixed the glitch yeah. again. That's what they said after last week's hack. So I don't know. Take all that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, this little hacker problem of theirs might not be going away, which is it's such a shame. Couldn't have happened to nicer people. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a result of a hack or not, but did you see the Gab tweet from this weekend where they used the uh, VR games uh, promotional material as a thing where it's like, we need to make... I'm going to... 
butchered the tweet, but it was something like, uh, like the way America needs to be or something like that. Or, and it's uh, literally uh, a white family doing a barbecue, but all oh, of them are holding yeah, guns, yeah. even the dog. Yeah. Yeah. But that's from a game. Oh, it is? Yeah, it's from a game, yeah, which I is literally the point is that you use a gun to do everything, including like opening uh, sodas and... Okay. Yeah. Well. Uh, they took action on Gab and got <laughs> the photo removed because it's their copyrighted material, but... Yeah. Well. Anyway, it's time for COVID news. Ugh. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Let's see. It's officially been a full year since shit got real on March 10th, 2020. That's the day that the NBA suspended their season after players tested positive, and it's the day that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson tested positive, and it's the day when most upcoming events were canceled and major cities like L.A., New York, and San Francisco started telling people to stay the hell home unless you're a podcaster. Yeah, essential. Yep. So that's a whole year gone to waste. And I got to say it again. Young people, I am so sorry. I am really sorry. After I watched that episode back, I was thinking about it. I'm like, these, the ones who took it seriously, not the fucking party animals, got such a shit end of a stick. They really did. A year gone. I like the young people. (laughs) I like the young people. Please don't teach this old man a lesson. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that's, that's a whole year gone to waste. But on the bright side, the light at the end of the tunnel is looking brighter and brighter. But... Not the kind where <laughs> but, you die. But yeah, here comes a Mack truck called Texas and literally now every other state, yeah. California included, just about to run a red light and sideswipe us off. Yep. Anyway, for starters, daily new cases in the U.S. are down to around what they were back in August at around 55,000, which is a huge improvement over the crazy post-holiday spike that peaked at 300,000 new cases in a single day in early January. Uh, meanwhile... Around 19% of the U.S. population has been vaccinated, and deployment of the vaccines is a lot more streamlined now than it was at first. Uh, There's even websites to sign up to be on standby for leftover doses to make sure they don't go to waste. Yeah, we got that. And uh, a lot of states are going to be ditching their original plans for a complicated multi-tier vaccine deployment, and will be embracing the idea of uh, just getting the vaccine to as many people as possible. Which I'm very happy for. Yeah, I mean, like, get out of the way, Grandma. Because, yeah, everyone in medicine and who's old has had ample time to get it. (laughs) You had your chance. Um, And, yeah, like, up... Next, we, they should just give it to anyone. Like, and, and even when it's like going to be open, I think they're still going to be prioritizing. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. even like the standby lists I've gone on, like you do fill out a, a questionnaire and I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to be the last one they call. But I'm, I'm still on standby. Yeah. I just to clarify, I do care about your grandparents. It was a joke. Yeah. But I do want the vaccine very badly. <laughs> Anyways, the vaccines, they do seem to be working so well that the CDC is now saying that it's safe for fully vaccinated Americans to visit with unvaccinated family members. There's a few caveats, but in general, if grandma and grandpa are fully vaccinated and it's been two weeks since their last dose, you, the millennial or Gen Z grandchild, can go visit them indoors without masks needing to be worn and without social distancing. Now, this is great news. And you know who to thank for that? That's right. Former President Donald J. Trump, who issued the following statement on Wednesday. <clears throat> yes. I hope everyone remembers when they're getting the COVID-19 up and referred to as the China virus vaccine, that if I wasn't president, you wouldn't be getting that beautiful shot for five years at best and probably wouldn't be getting it at all. I hope everyone remembers. He's literally tweeting through like a letterhead, like with, with the former yeah, president. No, he over. definitely wrote this one. Like uh, some, some of the press releases you see from him post-presidency, it's like, nah, some fucking assistant wrote like this one he fucking typed out. This is all him. And, uh, 
Good to see you, sir. Don't miss you, but it's good to see you. Good to see you. Still, still just as spiteful as I remember. Yeah, you're welcome. Pretty nice vaccine, huh? That was, that was me. And if, I don't, I'm assuming that you didn't watch it yet, but did you see the new South Park vaccine? No, not yet. But, uh... It's, dude, the, the, the whole bit, there's a lot, because it's an hour-long episode. Yeah. The whole bit about old people fucking getting it and just raging while everyone else is just like, God damn it! Just like, they're out partying. Yeah. It's great. They In the episode, they turn Walgreens into like, it looks like a nightclub with a security bouncer up front. <laughs> it's it's really, really good. Uh, anyways, uh, that's it for this week's episode of Tech News Day. We'll be back for uh, more news dump and, of course, week, weekly weird news. I uh, hope everyone... Uh, just hang in there, okay? We're, we're so close. I know I say this like at the end of every episode, but it's what's ke- keeping me through it. Uh, the hope. Yeah. And oh, on the way in, uh, Biden made his uh, speech thing, whatever, uh, where he's like, as of May 1st, every state will basically have to lift any restriction uh, of adults getting the vaccine. So there won't be any restrictions you can Good. sign up. Again. Not that you will get it by May 1st, yeah. but you will be able to get on an actual list without having a comorbidity yeah. or anything like that. Good. I need to start smoking, though. They put smokers right at the front of the Yeah, list. yeah. But blow off an old pack of parliaments that's been sitting down in the closet somewhere. One vaccine, please. One more. Hey, one last ride. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it. Please check out our most recent episodes over here. And, uh, yeah, we were on the Funhouse podcast. Yeah, check that out. So, Leave a nice comment. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a like. Bye. See you soon. Bye.